0: Desperately seeking cinema. Desperately seeking cinema. Desperately seeking cinema. Night. Camera. Action. Yeah, but I know, again, I never listened to Caius ever, but uh, the the desert and the drugs, and I don't know that it was like Burning Man. You're saying they're they used to
1: play just shows in the desert yeah apparently would josh will go to these the guys. shows
0: yeah of course it was like kaius was like i think he, josh homie was probably making money how, as a musician where would before. they know where to go in the desert because it's a part it's a scene man it's a desert <laughs> scene you know you you know how it goes <laughs> That's Jeez, <all> louise <laughs> what that's all the directions say <laughs> you you i mean josh <laughs> homie was making what road do I whatever you know <laughs> it's josh, <a> scene bro <laughs> josh homie is probably making money playing music before queens of the stone age he was like there was a scene in whatever the hell well, part of california they were in or whatever you know, going like, out to the desert you know immediately
1: they had dave grohl in their first single like, no playing drums. that was way after yeah well i didn't know if there was that was that like was the, the first... third there was a third record the songs oh, okay. for the deaf yeah well that was the first song that I heard by them.
0: No, they were around before that. A couple records before that. But I'm not into them anymore. I, I assume they
1: had some clout when they had like...
0: Queens of the Stone you know. Age was totally cool. Like, they had a couple records that was called Rated R was one. Restricted or Rated R? What's that now? What's, That's what? my Josh home. Oh, boy. And, uh, yeah, no, that that was okay. But um, he then by the time and again i don't listen to them anymore i listened to them when i was like a teenager and then in my early 20s a bit but they were like uh the third record that dave Grohl one is when they went super mainstream like it, it was like um, songs for the deaf was like in the billboard top 10 and so, that song no one knows was like a top 10 hit and blah, yeah, blah that's blah, the one know? i was imitating they were very indie before that though um, for a couple isn't records. Isn't
1: he like six foot four or something? Isn't yeah, like I think huge? he was like
0: a jock or something. But anyway, yeah. I don't know. You know, we were just talking about... Um, Caius came out because we were talking about the band Sleep. And uh, we were listening to Sleep Doom a little metal. bit today. And just, I was saying, I haven't listened to it for a while, but I like putting it on in the background sometimes. Like yeah. in the same when way Jimmy I put on classical, up, you know. Guitar. So we... Uh, which you can do, like a, to me, putting on a sleep record is like listening to classical in the in sleep a way that a band. I, yeah, I said that yeah, and in in a way of like it's like background noise to me. It's like a feel, and you just kind of yeah, have it in the background. If you look you know?
1: up sleep music, there that is totally background noise as well. So
0: I can see how what our, are you talking
1: about? Our listeners could be easily confused by. Talking about
0: sleep. I said the music. band sleep. You know, the, whatever we're talking about bands, and they sleep came up in the same genre as Caius, according to Wikipedia or whatever, which is why why they Josh Homie came up. He was in that uh, Caius Homie. Band. Um, so boy, I brought a couple movies with me today. Did you? Yeah, throw I, them out. I brought a couple of Blu-ray discs. After last week, I don't even want to see them. Oh man, that movie last week is goddamn brilliant i love her oh Uh, my god jimmy's off picks for three episodes yeah right no that's a brilliant movie oh Um, my god it's so good it makes so many comedies look so bad and so many movies look so bad oh god i loved it i've seen uh, it like four times yeah no we, I don't need to go off about it again because I completely popped off last week about how much I fucking love <laughs> it. Op. I love Nicole Holofnner. Jimmy snapped.
1: Wow, that went into the red. <laughs> Nicole Holosner's,
0: uh direction and writing puts most men to shame in comedy drama, modern comedy drama. Mm. Who's who's a good who's a good comedy drama, uh, like kind of Woody Allen esque male director right now? Maybe I guess Noah Bombach. Uh, Noah Bombach. Maybe Alex Ross. Uh, uh p what's his name alex ross perry you I don't don't, know. know you're, yeah, you're, you're more more yeah you gotta watch more new movies yeah you gotta know watch more new movies
1: who's good uh, in like a good woody allen type of role who's that as now as a director woody allen he's still alive we don't need yeah. more people to do
0: no you're missing the the. i'm not i'm talking about like who's sort of picking up the torch and it's well, people like nicole hlossner and noah baumbach and alex ross perry and you know
1: well i would say like can't you say like Jerry Seinfeld briefly took that up and then it was like Larry David and then... No, no,
0: like, no. I'm talking about movies. I'm talking about directors. Jerry Seinfeld can't make a good movie. I mean, Larry David I mean, can't make I'm, a good movie. Yeah, I'm talking your, about the voice
1: mind. of Woody Allen.
0: No, I'm talking I'm about saying? movies though, you know. Uh, the, 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 what, Jerry Seinfeld and Larry David aren't capable of making a good movie. It's not their... their or uh, or um, they can't do that. Like Judd Apatow or, or something like done. that. Eh, eh, no, I'm talking about intelligent... <laughs> like... New York, kind of like you know the is knocked up, not going to be looked
1: up, looked at like a Woody Allen film. I'm in really like indifferent about. Years, I'm you know very I mean?
0: indifferent about Judd Apatow. I really love John Apatow's love of comedy, and I, I I respect Judd Apatow. I but I think his best movie is probably the Gary Shandling documentary. In my opinion, I love that. Oh, documentary. I haven't seen that. Yeah, but I love. Judd Apatow, he's got good taste. He's a great writer, and he's got good taste in, in, in not what he produces. I'm not he Woody Allen, and, you know, but No, it's a different kind of thing, if you know. there's someone with that level
1: of clout that is, like, of their era, a comedy writer for films. I, I Sorry, what are you saying about that level of clout? He's probably the most famous comedy director.
0: Well, yeah, Judd Apatow, I think that part of his fame is just connected to how goddamn rich he became. He's so wealthy as a producer and a director and he just got his he he's got great sense of what to produce and who he wants to work with he's like a kanye of of modern comedy very pop you know he knows he has a very good instinct for comedy well you know, I, I respect like, that a lot you know like
1: the the 70s probably afforded woody allen like a, in like the late 60s a little bit of a, ability to be a sort of a beatnik whereas yeah i was like Nowadays, if you're going to be one of the people with the biggest clout, you can't just be, like, a beatnik director. That's you know interesting.
0: I, mean? I, I I hear what you're saying on that. So, I again, blo- I, I brought two movies today. The first one I brought is an uh, Australian movie that's very controversial, par- parts of it, from the early 70s. Have we talked about it before? No, we haven't. It's called Wake and Fright. And uh, it's one of these ones that's like, a, became a lost movie for a while. And then in 2009, they found the whatever, some guy rooting through a closet or however the shit works and he found the thing and whatever and they restored it the best they could. And then Scorsese presented at the 2009 Ken film festival, the restoration of it because he's a big fan of this movie. So what the premise is, is it's like, uh, it's apparently about like uh, a guy, an Australian guy gets stationed did, on a job. my doorbell just ring? Who cares? Uh, an Australian guy. What do you answer the door? What is it? 19... Uh, is it two thousand and why? Is it nineteen ninety four? Hello, just a, a pop in at the door, and you're going to answer it? Could be the milkman. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, maybe it's your newspaper. Like your your newspaper boys here to renew your subscription. Like it's what are you nineteen eighty nine? You're going to get the door. <laughs> <laughs> That's when I was born. I would never answer the door if I didn't know if I wasn't expecting I mean, someone. Nineteen ninety nine. So, um uh, basically what the premise of this thing is, is that this Australian businessman or not a businessman, I don't know what his job is, but an Australian guy gets stationed at a job in the outback. And I, it's just something about him falling in with this group of like insane drunken kangaroo hunting outback dudes. And he basically like gets just pushed to his limit with like violence and alcohol and craziness and part of the, the the last thing i'll say about it is two of the reasons that are con- that it is controversial is one is that the kangaroo uh hunts in the movie are real so you're seeing kangaroos getting murdered by guy drunk guys actually Jesus christ yeah and it's apparently very gruesome and kind of disturbing and then another reason that it's controversial is the uh, the portrayal apparently and this is the last thing i know about it but the portrayal of uh the outback it's like it's kind of like this kind of a little bit of I, I think a little bit of the city folk going like these savages in the outback these drunken kangaroo massacring savages in the outback a little bit of a vibe. I believe I believe that was a little bit criticized, okay. but it's so visceral and apparently so insane and crazy yeah. that that's why people like Scorsese 11 all these people are into it. And it shows at the the restoration shows at the Cannes Film Festival and so on and so forth. And then um the only other... I, I brought a Criterion Blu-ray as well for this movie called Two-Lane Backdrop, which is a very early 70s again and a weird oddity. Two-Lane Backdrop. It's a road movie where basically guys in hot rods are going around picking up hitchhikers, and it's like a 70s road movie, and they go, they're go; they eventually heading toward to race their car against a GTO or something like this. And the la- only other thing I know about it is that um it uh, has really weird actors that the two like main guys are Dennis Wilson from the beach boys and James Taylor, famous seventies singer songwriter. And it's like the only movie James Taylor ever acted. in. he was like, oh, I don't want to do this anymore. And, but he apparently his performance is good. And, and it's who his, is the first one again, uh, Dennis Wilson from beach Dennis boys. Wilson. Yeah. Oh, the, he, so bizarre. Dennis Wilson's a very good looking, very haze by far the most right. handsome beach boy. I think maybe he was the one who got mixed up with Manson and he was a party animal, right? Like, he he Dennis Wilson actually has a solo album that's very highly regarded but he ended up drowning drunk you know like on a boat like he was an absolute party animal guy you know and uh I think he had an alcohol boat accident at some point in the 70s or whatever it was you know
1: Alcohol so that, boat accident Oh
0: boy you know I didn't real you don't if it's insane man just in Ontario we're here in Toronto as some people might know just in Ontario alone if you look it's insane how many people die every summer in alcohol related boating shit it's cuz it's, it's all lakes it's like hundreds it's crazy you know, if, if it was the ocean they would just they wouldn't hit into
1: anything <laughs> but it's because it's lakes they hit into each other and <laughs> rocks you're and trees. probably
0: right it obviously happens on on the ocean quite yeah, a bit from too from the coast <laughs> but like it nah, uh, it doesn't no whoa it's a lake thing do you yeah, think yeah it's a lake that's
1: thing that's so interesting and people get drunk and they're like we'll go over to the island and yeah and they're like, we'll go meet you with our yeah. swimming. And I'm sure a lot of them aren't all. even slurring
0: to that degree, but they yeah. just don't realize how inebriated they are, and they're not wearing life jackets and the whole thing. But I think it's like hundreds of people in Ontario die every summer from yeah. like in the lakes, in the Great Lakes. Yeah, a
1: bad place. The greatest to, lakes. A bad place to pass out is face down in the lake. <laughs>
0: Oops-a-daisy, yeah. You know, drunk. Now, those are my two super cool... Really good choices that I brought. Did you have anything to offer um, today? Do you have
1: any ideas? Yeah, I was thinking of movies that were actually good. Um, oh, man. That's no, honestly, like I brought really <laughs> no, good no, choices. They'll no, be
0: hard to top, like, unless you really plan something good. You uh, know? I was thinking
1: of a couple films, but. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs>
0: Like what yeah. could you possibly come up with? that's cooler than what I just brought uh, today. Uh, no, well, very the, tough. Last, well, episode we uh, <laughs> last episode we mentioned.
1: Last episode we mentioned doing a woman director that um, you know, like a female on merit, and rather than just you know one that you thought of uh, just doing because of affirmative action. <laughs> but yeah um, what
0: you have another idea for a female director i, I just want to see this hitchhiker I, uh, yeah the hitchhiker that oh, i the lupino film
1: it sounds that like, sounds good actually yeah it sounds pretty intriguing um
0: interestingly i brought a hitchhiking movie as yeah, well
1: which which kind of triggered me to thinking like i oh, yeah. should probably actually watch that and it's an hour 10 so it's very digestible i, it. I know it's your I favorite it. favorite length oh, but um, I, I want
0: to bring back a 50 minute it's feature. about um, no.
1: <laughs> it's about uh, funny enough well maybe that'll that uh ties into something something else but um i was thinking about uh doing a short film as well the first mm-hmm. film uh, Ridley Scott did when he... Uh, I'd love to see that. It was, uh, I would
0: love to watch a Ridley Scott short but film. But it's like
1: a 45-minute film, mm-hmm. and he shot um, his brother. Yeah. What's his brother's... Uh, his brother's
0: name is Tony.
1: Yeah, Tony Scott. Yeah, And his, mm-hmm. his brother was about uh, 16 at the time. Wow. It's called Boy and Bicycle. Oh,
0: man. Okay, well, uh, I,
1: I... And the third I, film I was I, thinking was yeah. um, 1998, uh, Pie um you said you don't like darren i don't aronofsky. like darren
0: aronofsky from what i've seen um but yeah only this two one, though you know
1: yeah but i think um at this point in his career he's like it's his first feature I it's think. his first feature yeah and people are like they're looking for that auteur young director and well he he mm-hmm. tossed up like a really intriguing story with very little um like you'd think the script must have been bare bones like it it can't have been that long of a script because and it's a very visual movie, or it's a very visual movie, and mm-hmm. um, like a lot of the, I think effects that he sort of, I think he used, he kind of pioneered a little bit, you know. Okay, and, uh, a lot of people went on to sort of borrow a lot of the things. That well, he did. and he probably borrowed from a lot of directors. We, of course,
0: yeah, that. that's how it all works, of course. But you know, but, I, um, I would, I would, uh, I've only seen Requiem and I've seen um, Mother last Richard, year, and yeah, I did I not like mother. either of them at oh have you not seen gladiator uh i that's not aronofsky that's Ridley oh Scott. yeah oh yeah, yeah. oh, oh yeah. yeah i forgot who we were talking but aronofsky about i i've only seen those two and like i hated those oh, yeah. aronofsky movies. um i hated them and i i don't usually use the word hate oh, i didn't mean to oh, for movies wow. i go I, turned, I didn't
1: really like them I turned my head headphones up for no reason oh that's, um, that's a
0: shame but yeah, what do you call it, Aronofsky? Um, Black so, Swan. I don't know. Didn't... No, I would have told you. I told you the ones I've seen. I'm aware of his whole catalog. Oh, well, uh, I'm, not... I'm forgetting his whole
1: catalog. Wrestler what else did he did. Wrestler. Oh, yeah, Wrestler. I haven't. I still haven't seen Wrestler. But... Uh, I think
0: Noah. Wow, that sounds really good. Noah. Noah and the Ark. Like, oh, well, cool. You probably got a big check. Of course he did. Yeah. But you, okay, so I will say right off the bat, I don't feel. I don't want to watch a Darren Aronofsky movie. Maybe it'll convince me to watch Pie one day. It's, but I'm not really interested. It's but. pretty. Cool cool
1: like it's oh, a cool movie
0: not as cool as the ones i brought but cool okay and then i like the idea of the hitchhiker that sounds great to me that would that one i'm fully into and open to watching then the only other thing i was going to say is i really like your ridley scott suggestion but i think maybe what we need to do is, that, is do a should, patreon thing which, which short films should be patreon short films and tv series or it
1: could be like a celebratory like 11th episode or something like well that. i'm
0: telling you that i was going to bring up and I didn't think I would do it on Mike, but our Patreon is a fuck up. It's a fuck up. Did we screw it up? Here's what we did. we, I just put up the Patreon, and we have no tiers, nothing to offer. If someone even went to it, which they probably haven't yet in, in our defense, it's so early, but if someone went to our Patreon, it would be a joke. They would okay. see a fucking joke where we have nothing to offer. No nothing's filled <laughs> 404, in. Not it's bad. just our logo. Oh, it's just no. our logo with what would be the equivalent of well, I made it with Netscape and Navigator. Yeah. Is that bad? Oh man. Yeah, but it uh it it I love the idea of maybe kicking off our Patreon thing with a short film, and that one you mentioned sounds absolutely excellent to yes. me. Uh yeah, I'm hot. a big fan of Ridley Scott i have his good just movies. Thinking, you know? uh, yeah, we're just
1: like a picture of ourselves, you know, smiling for if you donate like five. Bucks oh
0: yeah, donate. we'll have to get into that. Semi nudes, if we. Semi nudes, yeah, really expensive nudes by like yeah. a thousand dollar photographer. It's that, really um, black and white, like.
1: <laughs> What's that Burt Reynolds poster? Yeah. Oh, the
0: classic on his side with the chest hair and yeah, everything.
1: Jimmy will do the the Burt Reynolds poster for a certain. There, you know, there's for a less
0: than you think. <laughs> there's a classic picture of Wayne Gretzky for less than you think. Yeah. yeah, there's a classic picture of Wayne Gretzky you may or may not have seen. And it's like in that era in the early 80s where he had a perm and he's like lying on his side in that Reynolds position and he's got all his Oilers? products around him Oilers or like LA? Early, no early 80s and he's got like all his products around him like there's like two Titan hockey sticks crossing and then Mr. Big Bars and all this product shit Jofa. around him and he, yeah oh yeah the Jofa helmet and Classic. the whole thing you know um, we're so Canadian So what's that? We're so Canadian no well Wayne Gretzky's an international but star to know the Jofa know? helmet that's pretty Canadian yeah. or European you know? yeah European yeah um I really like the idea of taking the Ridley Scott thing cuz I'd love to see that and you know Tony Scott had an untimely passing which we could talk about, you know, next if we do that, you know, for a short film. Who did? Tony Scott took his own life about 10 year, 8 8 years, 7 8 years ago. I did not know He's that. He's a big director too. He directed huge Hollywood movies. Wow. Made a lot I of had money for no for No idea. I thought he suits. was alive. No, he he jumped off a bridge, if I dare say. What? Me. Oops-a-daisy. There you, didn't. Yeah, you didn't know that? You're saying oops-a-daisy as in... That's, that's him I'm jumping what... off the bridge. Oh, oh, my God. <laughs> you know what, though? We could talk about that next time, and I'm not trying to be disrespectful. It's just kind of... too late. It's kind of hard to process. I don't know what you say about it, that. It's you a know? bit hard
1: to process, <laughs> um, but I come from... Uh, well, I lived in Halifax for like five or six years, uh-huh. and they've got a bridge or two that... Oh, that's dark. Yeah, they yeah. just yeah, it's just rife with that. There's um, that
0: documentary about the Golden Gate Bridge, right, called The Bridge. Do you know about that? No. There's a documentary that just has really dark footage of people jumping off the Golden Gate Bridge because there's so many suicides on that bridge every year, you know? Yeah. Well, we're really uh, <laughs> driving this into the ground. Well hey um, you know what i brought up the tony scott thing uh it's dark it's a dark part of that story it'll add a layer of seeing a 16 year old tony scott hanging out with his brother or whatever yeah. it is you know
1: oh my god i didn't even think about that i aspect. think that
0: i think that as brothers they were very much that like dad bought them an eight millimeter camera thing and they were yeah. like they were movie brat kind of kids and they're running around uh, the yard making movies yeah and i'm stuff, not so you know? sure uh well
1: i'm you're not so sure about what about how um like bourgeoisie they were just based on the footage no. of the town that they're that in Oh the no, film. I
0: mean I'm just telling you I'm pretty sure they I know that like I'm pretty sure they were like kids that were like destined to I want to give them the benefit you know. of the doubt but okay. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they were do- making the 8 millimeter movies together really young I think. And then I don't know I know Ridley Scott became we should just talk about this when we do the short film but I know Ridley Scott became a very big commercial director in uh, advertising. Yeah, in the, I absolutely in Britain, love
1: in England. Ridley Scott. But well, yeah, we'll get to that later. But yeah, um, yeah. Well, we should do that do you one. Know you anything about the Hitchhiker?
0: No, I can't remember anything about it. Sixties, I remember. Right. Female director, sixties. Right. I think it's fifties. Uh, Forty-nine
1: or Whoa. 52, okay, something like this. But um, or fifty-one. Uh huh. Uh, some odd number from forty nine to fifty. And you would but, rather um,
0: you'd rather do the hitchhiker you think today than the the other ones.
1: Is that what you're feeling? Um, yeah. I just want to. I want to go like a little bit darker than when we went last week. But and, I, and
0: murdering uh, kangaroos in a drunken rage. That, that's it? definitely darker. But um, that's uh,
1: that sounded like. Uh. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I didn't. I don't know if I want the visceral nature of that right Ooh, right now. You okay. Know? Yeah.
0: Fair enough. Yeah. Uh,
1: it's Sunday and it's, it's you know Sunday. the Sabbath and uh, need lighter uh, fare.
0: Uh, oh boy. Okay. Well, I'm. Let's watch the Hitchhiker then. But yeah. Was um, yeah, there no, something else you wanted to say about the Hitchhiker? Because I don't. I've heard of what's her name? Lupino. Uh, what's the. Yeah, she's basically. have heard the of her before.
1: It's a woman to be allowed to direct a film noir. <laughs> wow! But uh, yeah, she okay. she made a film noir, and uh, yeah, this is it. And it's um, okay. It's not starring. I don't think any like household names of the time, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, basically the plot, from what I understand, is that um, two guys are going on a fishing trip to Mexico or something like this, and mm-hmm. um, they uh, they pick up a hitchhiker and um as time progresses they start figuring out this guy is not so normal and perhaps oh dear other people are looking for him you know
0: that sounds great yeah
1: but uh an old film it sounds like a really solid plot for
0: yeah for you know movie. to be honest i kind of that, uh, that that sounds fine and we do only have one female director this is episode 10 today yeah chronologically this Ten. Is 10 yeah uh by the time you hear this our patreon will be in good order so go check it out and you can listen to some exclusive content probably right by the time people hear this that's safe to say
1: yeah we'll we'll figure this, something this out things
0: like five weeks six weeks away we can we can get our patreon in order by by the time this comes out so if we haven't said before Go to our goddamn Patreon if you like us. And I don't know what yeah, the tiers will be. Yeah, if curious what
1: episode just came out, I guess we can say Museo just came. The Museo episode. Yeah. Uh, and well, it's, tiers are it's be, been actually really awesome to have people uh, listening to it. And uh talking to people about like jokes that we said, like <laughs> really,
0: is that what some people, some people you talk to, kind of commented on s- stuff that they they liked it. they like, liked it. Yeah, they're oh, like boy.
1: repeating uh, like our jokes back to us and stuff. Like really, yeah, and, like conversations that we were having. They're like, oh. uh, I'm trying to think of a good example of uh, oh, that's good. more stuff from Ugetsu and like the earlier episodes because that well, one just came out. But, they,
0: yeah, well, that's good. Know,
1: mostly friends. Not it's not like you yeah. Know, people. And, oh, I ran into this Slovak man who knew our podcast. Well, today. if you yeah. Well, if you nah, like it's not it. Been that yet, oh, I know what you mean. Nice. Of
0: course, we don't have any listeners yet, really. We've got probably uh, whatever. We're I, there's some but it's going to take a bit to... But you right. know what? By this time, we'll probably have more and go to the Patreon and we have got an $80 tier and a $100 tier.
1: Hopefully you're listening to this and 10 years have passed <laughs> and we're just like at the top of the pyramid of podcast and you're
0: like, Oh, wow. Look at you. How ambitious. Archive. How yeah. ambitious. You're they, dipping into the air. Right oh, wow. Look, that is... You're playing with time there. You're bending time. Yeah. The on the podcast. Temporal displacement. Yeah. <laughs> so why don't we just watch the goddamn Hitchhiker then? Oh, will well, right. zip these Blu-rays back up into my bag. Oh boy. No, we <laughs> Well, this one
1: is honestly on YouTube for everyone to it's watch. It's probably public domain. Actually, yeah, that was something that my mom, she shouts out to My mom mentioned she's like, uh, people of a certain generation and maybe people even our age like they might not know the best way or the easiest way to access some of these movies, so Okay. If we're well, wa- if we're watching them a particular way. Do they know way, how to
0: send an email or <laughs>
1: yeah they're familiar with that but i mean just like a lot of these you can get on itunes but uh, this yeah. one uh, i think readily available on youtube so just gonna rock Our that first
0: right now. two episodes are available on the criterion channel i know these yeah, on there uh, too
1: museo because it was um a youtube original is readily available
0: also on YouTube. in case anyone needs this bit of information iTunes. You'd, be, you'd be able to get most of them on itunes or yeah or order them off amazon if we dug really deep i bet there'd be ones you know, like the if we did Wake and Fright or Two Lane Backdrop, you may need a physical copy for the odd one. But uh you know what I think I saw Wake and Fright on Amazon, you know, but blah blah blah. Anyway, oh we should just watch the hitchhiker then. Yeah? Yeah. That sounds great. I'm into that. All right, and music now. <laughs>
1: Our mics are good. The gold,
0: yeah. So the hitchhiker, Ida yeah? Lupino, um, Ida Lupino,
1: yeah. <laughs> I can't look up anything cool on my phone because my phone uh, won't charge anymore, yeah. As of just today, right? As of like 10 <laughs> minutes ago, so I was enraged.
0: What a I nightmare! In, I was in quite a bad mood. Uh, when it's sad that we're that, you know, I'm not saying anything that is uh, news to anyone, but it's sad oh, that we're that connected to our I'm phones. sure I'll go
1: through revelations in the next few days. Yeah, you
0: like, write uh, the great Canadian novel. That's what my hands look like? Yeah. <laughs> no, it does suck that we're that connected. I, me- I remember the last time that one of my phones was lost or broken or whatever. I remember the feeling of uh, just going like, what a goddamn nightmare. What are you, uh, are you closing the window? Oh, yeah. fair enough. Yeah, well hopefully you get another phone soon because yeah, it is uh, as sad as it is, I'll it, probably it's end up not easy. I like 7 and it's sad cuz we're in 2019 <laughs> and people will make fun it's of me. It's not nah. who gives a shit? You don't need the latest and greatest phone and you know an iPhone 7 would be fine for me, I tell you. I don't I don't take, but I don't take a lot <sighs> of pictures. We're on the,
1: while we're on the subject of cell phones, how much of that movie would be changed by just Having a cell phone in 1953. Okay, uh I guess we took in their, what their way? cell phones. Well, of course, be, you would take their cell phone. That'd be the first yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, no. So that's gone. Yeah, it's completely gone. But you could redo that. That would be, I think, another film that falls into the conversation of it could be redone very easily.
0: I think so. It was a uh, and uh yeah. Not that uh, I don't know why why
1: I don't mean I'm not prompting people to mm-hmm. remake it. That's actually the last thing I mean. I just mean like within no. the context of today, if somebody came up with this script or read um It would hold the up the story of these people, yeah. Totally yeah,
0: we've up. said that about some other uh you know, we said that about Ladelante where it's like if they remade this thing, it, yeah. Uh, but you know what though, I don't know that uh I really liked it by the, the way. Did there you wasn't like anything it? dated? Did right? you like the hitchhiker? Yeah, I actually I, love that. I really liked it. Yeah. And um, on what we're talking about, I agree with you. And But I also think, like, I don't know how much a remake would be even be necessary because... Yeah, well, that's kind of what I was what saying. What are you going to add? And it's interesting that... So, the film's 53. So, it's... geez, it's over... How old is that now? That's, like, almost 70 years old yeah. or 65 years old. Yeah. Right? And I was going to say, not a lot has changed. Like, we still have the, the cars that would be very similar... Mm-hmm. They would, I think. You know, obviously, guns haven't changed. There's still radio and cars that they'd be listening to, but I think maybe the difference, off the top of my head, the difference might be the surveillance aspect. Would aspect. Change. The hunt itself. There's the CSI. cameras everywhere. Yeah, like, the detective work would change. They have to stop at gas stations and at stores and there's cameras everywhere now. Even, yeah. even, even no matter where you are, even if you're well, in uh, Mexico or whatever, there's what cameras that everywhere. Movie
1: Enemy of the State, do you remember that one with like Will Smith? Um, but they were just looking at him through like every camera in mm. that film and that they really went to the, the whole nine yards. I with, haven't
0: um, seen that movie but I recall, I think the last time I saw that done in a kind of an entertaining way was one of those Mission Impossible movies, probably a Christopher McQuarrie one, like like Mission Impossible 4 or yeah. 5 or whatever, which I love those movies. I think they're great. Um, yeah. I didn't like the last one, but that's a whole other thing. But the, they did that thing where it was like um, they utilize the idea that uh, there are goddamn cameras all over the place. And so the quote unquote, you know, intelligence, uh, whatever it was, in these scenes in the Mission Impossible, they'd be following people like to a T they'd be like they're in mission control or whatever the hell it is but they're the insinuation is the movie they're tapping into all of the cameras on all the street corners and they can just follow people yeah and you very much they could like if you, you know, or I
1: But uh, we'd um, sort of circumvent that a whole little well a whole little bit that's not really a sentence but uh, a bit would be like just the whole changing of clothes thing like the changing mm-hmm. of the uh costume yeah I guess it wouldn't be a costume if you were in the
0: story but you know what I mean like the changing of the costumes of the where character. he forces him to switch clothing yeah, hoping that, that they'll think that he's you well you know what that is and I don't I mean
1: but the um the definitive the eye the fact he had half the eye the Tom York thing going on in one eye <laughs> like uh, that was, was
0: Yes for lack of a better way of putting it the Tom York thing. Yeah he he's that going on in one one, one eye. of his eyes was yeah So uh, that was very distinctive. That would give you away if
1: you were on the run, right?
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. But again, they probably have a lot less images of people and, you know, a a lot less media, uh, you know, uh, there would be a lot less pictures of him around, you know. (laughs) If it
1: was uh, 2019, the 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 guy would just give himself away. He would just be like, yo, selfie. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah
0: well that you know hijacking these cars it's hashtag funny hashtag it's funny that you say because that the, the chapo hijack. guy the chapo guy the drug dealer there was that thing where he you you know you know the guy i'm talking about where he escaped twice from the maximum security prisons are uh, you talking pablo escobar no chapo? chapo over the last 10 years he guapo? escaped is it guapo the guy who escaped from the the mass maximum security prisons twice you know, it's fascinating. You don't, you don't know that. Anyway, he gets out the second time from the maximum security prison. They've caught up to him now, but he escapes. It's corruption. The the way that he gets out of the maximum security prisons is because of corruption in Mexico. Not surprised. So he's out the second time. This is what is this? A year ago or two years ago? And then he's out for dinner, and his fucking son or his nephew or some idiot takes a selfie at the goddamn restaurant and the fucking his uncle or his dad or whatever is in the shot in an identifiable place and he posts it to Instagram and it was kind of like insane that he did that you know what I mean like that that is a mistake that could happen when you've got like a, the, a high level Mexican drug dealer and his son or nephew accidentally posts a picture of them at a restaurant just not thinking because he's like a teenager you know and now it's like they there's a there's a time and a place where it's identified that he's ed- in the last year or two you know wow um yeah it's crap it's crazy and that's you, one it, of the things it, i missed. you gotta see the video if you haven't of him the surveillance video of him getting out of this the prison the second one like there's a tunnel dug for him underground and he gets on a motorcycle they already have a motorcycle underground for him but it, it's all crap right a motorcycle underground yeah it's a whole tunnel dug for him you, you should look it up but I was going to say on the changing and the clothes thing in terms of classic storytelling, I, mm-hmm. I'm i assuming in this movie because it came at the point where it's supposed to come. I, at that three-quarter of the point, it's classic storytelling uh, in movies anyway and probably beyond where there's the, the, the switcheroo. The change up like um, mm-hmm. in Star Wars, they get into the Stormtrooper uh, right. uniforms In Wizard of Oz. They, they get into the guard uniforms, you know, it's right. classic storytelling. It is hundred and one, yeah. you know, or screenwriting one hundred and one, or whatever. Yeah. And maybe that's what they were doing. Spoor- in this. Yeah. And yeah.
1: Spoiler. They yeah. they get shot at. Well, well, that, I, I'm not they, but he uh, car. What was the name? Carl Collins. Collins. Yeah. Collins, Collins. got shot at. Uh,
0: yeah, the he the the the, bad, the villain made him get into his clothes, yeah, and, and used him as a decoy. I remarked he Just looked smart.
1: like Elmer Fudd once he uh, got in the Yeah. And he then, would be a great casting
0: for Elmer Fudd because actually. the villain had the 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 uh, the guy had the classic sort of black leather jacket and yeah, dark and look and you know it was yeah, all just wearing that black. sort
1: of droopy demeanor with the face
0: Which you probably Skin would Skin
1: was hanging off a skeleton it's,
0: But it's but it's funny with wardrobe outside of even a film or a story in 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 life it's funny how like People do kind of wear clothes that dictate like a guy who is going around killing people probably isn't wearing that like cool hat and the like flannel, you know, or or the gingham shirt or whatever. Like he's wearing like he's wearing like a a, a black leather jacket, Uh, you know, or whatever (laughs) you'd wear if you were killing people. Yeah. You're not wearing like uh, this kind of everyday light pastels yeah you would want to go with stuff i assume that <laughs> wouldn't be too like if you were killing people yeah uh, what do you wear <laughs> i don't know presumably a lot of red so it just just uh, uh, yeah i guess so yeah fades in um but uh yeah i thought that that would could have been as i say when he as you know you had brought up the the change of the clothes and i thought that maybe that could have related to the classic storytelling um yeah um, but um thing In terms
1: of the last movie we watched, enough said. And I'm not. I'm just not gonna rag on it anymore. I'm done with that. I'm just saying might
0: be the best movie we've done on the show (laughs) up to this point.
1: No, don't even say that. It might be. uh, No, you. you. Um, (laughs) But yeah, this uh, movie, enough said. Like you, you could kind of. You. It felt a bit more. I think feminine in ways. I think you could say. As opposed to this one, you'd have no indication that it was made by a. I agree with a that. woman. Yeah, one yeah. That a woman was. Yeah. Had too much to do with the project. I think you know. Yeah. It was about three men. Mm-hmm.
0: And. Um, but one of the protagonists. Was there a woman even? Two, you know, two. There, uh, uh in Enough Said, there was the two of girl. the four. Lead, you know, two of the three leads were women in, in Enough Said as well. So yeah. It is the story told from their perspective, but I do agree. Like where. You Know, um, it, 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 it's, I it's like... all it, it doesn't really, other than the fact that it was Ida Lapino, and it was a, a what by the way, I noticed I had a quick look at the Wikipedia, and Jesus Christ, I it's it basically indicated she may have been one of the only, if not the only, female director of the 50s, like that's wow. how. Rare, it was. And she also directed um, The Twilight Zone, some episodes of The Twilight Zone. Sick. So much like Nicole Holofsner, do you remember when we looked at Nicole Holofsner at some point, I think off mic, we looked at Nicole Holofsner's uh, IMDb or whatever. Yeah. And she was directing Credits. Six Feet Under. And it's that same yeah. thing. It's yeah. like Ida Lupino was a Nicole Holofsner of a rare. She's getting The Twilight Zone. She directed episodes of Bonanza. I no way. Yeah. But, but oh it's because it's God. work. It's a paycheck, right? Yeah, absolutely. But then she goes and does this noir. And I agree with you. It doesn't... It, it's it's, it's the gender thing. As it's just well executed. And exactly. I do agree with you though that you you would probably most people, especially in the context of it being the fifties, would in fact never guess that it was a female director. Yeah. Because I mean, it's very dark and it's hard nosed and violent. Is and, a, uh, Is Ida hard-boiled. a unisex name? Can you be Ida? Like is there huh. a man Ida? Well, you can be Ira. Probably Ira, Ida. yeah, maybe I'm thinking of Ira. It could probably be uh, Ida. Sounds fe- female to me. I did all. I did also look up uh, whilst we were watching <laughs> it, whilst whilst that she was born in England, but it, eventually she had American citizenship as mm. well. Uh, but yeah, I think she was like a okay. real. Um, uh, you know, making some waves there. Breaking, trailblazer, trailblazer,
1: yeah, pioneer, yeah. Well, pioneer. Um, yeah. yeah I thought like her long shots were great. Uh, mixed, yeah, the way she mixed in those long shots with some of the like, uh, not not exactly close ups, but like you know. Sort of medium close ups. Mm-hmm.
0: Um it was like really skillfully done. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was paced very well. Pacing excellent. Um yeah. one of my favorite modern f- films is uh, Heller Highwater, written by Taylor Sheridan. Right. You've told me about that and film a directed couple times. By, oh I still God. haven't seen it. Though. I'm obsessed with it. And it was a big bang- You're big on Taylor Sheridan, right? Yeah, as a writer, I don't know i do not I don't I don't know if there's he's one of my favorites and for, for new guys for, for contemporary you know, content and he's pretty new. He's only been on the scene for whatever it is, you know, uh, seven or eight years as a writer. He was an actor before, but hell or high water was, uh, it's an amazing movie if you haven't seen it, but it, they, it was a bank robbing thing and there was a, uh, I just was going to say it's paced very well. You mm-hmm. it, fe- it felt to me hit like the hitchhiker. It felt to me like, Oh, that's what I would want to happen next. Right. Like, Every time I was like, I'm getting a little bit tired of watching them, the three of them right. deal with their thing. The next scene inevitably inevitably right. would be they like, run away, and then they, or or they don't or, get... or even earlier, the next scene would be like it would go to the scene with the cops, and it would go to a scene that's building the tension true, of them closing true, yeah. in on them. It, cut, it would cut between the um, kind of at the right times. Yeah, yeah. Well, Which I mean, is, I guess, the yeah. definition of pacing is sort of going back and forth at the correct, right. quote-unquote, well, correct Well, apparently, time, that you know? was the original problem with the Star Wars
1: editing before Brian De Palma was like, all right, yeah. rearrange all of this. It was
0: just like, all right, here's the story of the droids. And George Lucas... Here's the story of Luke. And George Lucas' here's wife the... at the time, who, who was a great editor, right. apparently, was huge. Her and whoever, we've talked about it before. I don't know if we've talked about it on Mike, but... There's that thing where apparently Lucas was all but like ousted from the editing room. Yeah, he basically locked out. I think. And I think we did talk about in it because subsequent I'm, movies, he was
1: just like, "No, I'm not director."
0: Yeah, and we did. And it's not that he's a bad director at all. I just think that the Star Wars thing was a was a one of those things became bigger than himself. Or something. I, I think it did, and I think that like he was, and to his to Lucas credit. He listened. He didn't He didn't say, I'm George Lucas and I directed American Graffiti and get the fuck yeah. out of here or whatever you could have done. And he, he probably respected his wife and respected De Palma. And, you know, he's hanging out with that crew, with the right. Spielberg De Palma uh, crew. Well, they did
1: divorce. Maybe he didn't respect her totally. Well,
0: that's... <laughs> I don't even know if that's a
1: joke or what it is. I don't know what it is either. But,
0: but, you know, I think we had brought it up on mic before because I remember saying, (laughs) I'm surprised I remember something I said, but I said if he hadn't let them help, he could have just made the Phantom Menace in 1977, Oh god. <laughs>
1: Which is true though. Like
0: yeah. it could have been this kind of like under the radar sci-fi. They never even make a sequel. <laughs> oh my god. It would that's an alternate history, like of the world. Well, because the pacing thing that they nailed in in A New Hope was the thing of the I don't think It's l- like the underlying thing that people don't think about.
1: It is when what? they watch Star Wars. The how the pacing is perfect.
0: Well, I don't think they think, pe- the, the average o- audience member doesn't think about it when they're watching anything, but if you're nerdy like that's, us, you notice the pacing. Speaking you know.
1: of perfect pacing, that's why I like Pirates of the Caribbean, and I think that's a, actually a really good thing. That promote. is
0: so interesting that you say, because I have a whole thing, and I won't go on about it now, but I ha- I really am passionate about a. a A property called The Secret of Monkey Island, which was originally an adventure game produced by George Lucas Company in the 90s. And The Secret of Monkey Island is what became Pirates of the Caribbean. But we'll talk about it another time. But I'm kind of obsessed. Why another time? It's just kind of—I don't know—it's a little bit off track. If I go off on that, where I, I, we're, I, I He's was physically pointing to me, yeah, <laughs> I was. Can't I, I think it's a bit off track. But I was going to say that on the Lucas thing, I think the pacing thing in in the first Star Wars movie was that the apparently Lucas had nothing in the third act with you know talking about pacing again with the. The idea that the Death Star was closing in on the Rebel base, and it was coming around the moon, the orbit of the right. moon, and there was, so there was no stakes like which is what the Phantom Menace is basically, right. where it's just like.
1: There's a there's trade tariffs.
0: Yeah, there's just a bunch of cabinet meetings. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's like, and then uh, you kind of go, well, we need some action, so let's shoehorn this pod race in, or whatever the hell it was. I've only seen it maybe once or twice. It's been twenty race. years. Oh you know, my god! Uh, and the whole thing, it's it's yeah. a bad. It's it's. But we don't need to go off. People already know all that Star Wars yeah. shit. But but we were talking about pacing, and so I think that the Hitchhiker was paced very well. I, I felt again, and I just said this, but I, I love it. When I want, there wasn't even too many opportunities for me to do the mystery science theater. Like, but you did joke jabs. The best mystery science moment you did is when the Mexican cop came upon (laughs) the abandoned car and he poked his head in the window, and you just went. Senor. <laughs> Senor. Senor. That was the best mystery it was, science type moment. It was like, uh, yeah. Uh, but I will say to our listeners, we're not joking around too much. We do pay attention, very yeah. close attention while we watch. But it was, you can always get in a little jab. You get dumb joke. I loved,
1: yeah, I loved when he, uh, that was like, uh, that was almost the Senor. most. Re- <laughs> no, not that. I know. But that was almost the most <laughs> relief you got in the movie was when Collins or whatever was like. huh He's like, without that gun, you're nothing. He's like, yeah. you, you go f- away from here. He's like, what do you got? He's like, this is all that's going on in your life or whatever. I'm para- really pair. But are you
0: suggest- Are you saying that you you enjoyed that when he was yeah, sque- like yelling as a, at him, putting him in his place verbally?
1: That, yeah, that almost was more satisfying than like... When any, he was punching him than in the when face. when he was punching him in the face in the... At the when end. When he was like getting yeah. those... And he's like, he... He yeah. actually irritated him to the point of, like, shut up, you know?
0: I really liked how this scene ended on shut up. Like, I just, I love the idea of ending a scene on just shut up and then fade to, <laughs> fade you to know, black. Fade to black or fade into the next scene, crossfade into yeah. the next scene. <laughs> and then everyone did. Um,. Yeah, I, I, you had mentioned earlier tonight on the uh, this episode the thing about I hope this isn't a spoiler, and that brings up an interesting point that I'm just sort of thinking about as we talk here of the this whole thing where we're hoping that our listeners uh, perhaps will pause and then they'll go watch the movie. And I got to say, I went to a, I had a uh, I went to lunch or brunch with some family the other day and. One of my girlfriend's cousins was there and he had heard it. So my surprise. And he said he's into movies enough that he literally paused it. And then there's a couple of our episodes. One of them he listened the whole way through, but there was one or two where he's like, I actually want to watch this. And so he paused it. And now he's going to go watch the movie. And that's a nice thing with podcasts. Fantastic. You could come back a week later. You could come back, you know, you don't want to go too long. So you, you get in the flow of Yeah, that's of it, why I you know? mentioned
1: before, like, maybe people are listening to this 10 years from now. And this well, podcast has been old hat. Bending you know?
0: time again. But uh, but I think that... The, 10 the, is just a nice round number. What my point was going to be is that when you... Two years from now. When you, my point was going to be when you say spoiler. I don't think that... I don't think it's our responsibility in the first half of the show to spoil or not spoil. This is not the show. If people aren't going to watch the movie, then they just listen to the second half, and it's going to be discussed in a way that spoilers are inevitable, I think. Yeah. Yeah, But anyway. Um, Yeah.
1: uh... We never really talk about the narrative to the extent that it's like oh, man, it was crazy how part one happened and then mm. part two happened and then it led to part three. Right, yeah. You know? yeah. It's not like we don't lay out the entire storyline for people.
0: Uh, we don't need to, yeah. Yeah, that's hope, that's they just true, watched though. it. That's true, right? perhaps. Um. But, there. Uh, one thing I was going to say that I noticed is toward the, you know, during the credits of the movie, I quickly started scanning my phone a little more yeah. than I was during the and movie. They had the most 50s names of all time. One, yeah, one guy's act, name
1: was Kalia, and the like, other guy's w- last name was Nyby. What
0: Just the credits in general had fifties yeah. names. Yeah, <laughs> it was fantastic. I was gonna say though, with that, in regard to Ida, Ida Lupino in, is another fifties. In regard 50s to name. Ida Lupino, I I had noticed that um, uh, she there. Do you know that the British? There's a very famous British film publication called Sight and Sound. Yeah. You've probably seen polls and lists. Yeah. Yeah. And all that shit. And they did a list uh, a couple years ago, I saw, of 100 films that were overlooked by female directors. And dig this, this one wasn't even on it. Another one of Ida Lupino's movies was on that list. So What film was that? I don't remember. But this one mm-hmm. though, the the it was it's the the reason is is that this one is I think in terms of people that are fans of noir well, We have to literally look that up. Oh, That's going Oh, be... look right now. In terms of people that are into noir though, mm-hmm. um I mm-hmm. think this is very well known. Like I think that if we were doing an uh the I best, don't. I think if we were doing the best noir movies you've never seen, we wouldn't be able to do this one. Like, I think people that are real mm. hardcore noir people, they, this is like a classic I noir. I kind of went through. It's a classic noir. I went through a noir phase,
1: like, when I was in, like, my late teens, and I I don't think I'd heard of this movie, or or I'd, I'd only heard of it. I hadn't seen it, you know, but I was going through, huh. I was watching, like, M and Maltese Falcon and all that stuff, you know? Yeah,
0: all the, but, yeah, um, yeah.
1: Like, anything with, like, Humphrey Bogart in it, I was watching it for, like, a certain while, but...
0: And I guess he did stuff that was beyond noir, obviously, as well, but... Yeah. yeah. Um, so... I haven't seen much of
1: Cagney, though. Didn't you send me something with Cagney the
0: other day? Uh, I think that there's probably... You sent me a lot of movie stuff. There's probably some Cagney that would fit the the bill for our show. Um, the movie that I had brought up a moment ago is called Outrage by Ida Lupino, so... You know, maybe at some point down Sounds the road. Very 2019. Down, maybe at some point down the road, that's something to think about because it's not like we can't revisit. A oh, I director. didn't even tell you
1: about this, but my uh, my own Instagram it, it was blowing up because of an outrage. What, <laughs> outrage. Yeah, not not anything I did, but um, someone put on like a marquee, like on a gas station back home in Halifax. Yeah, uh, ladies, suns out, buns out, <laughs> and that was enough. Because oh, like shut down the business, oh, dear. you know, and
0: not shut down the business, but change the marquee.
1: No, oh, it was all kinds of crap. Like, you know, Sun's out, out. yeah, that's like, that's just a thing. Suns out, buns out. Yeah. It's <laughs> like nice bum where you're from, where you're from, you know, like, like it's one of those. almost
0: worse somehow just because it's not as familiar. <laughs> I don't know. I felt like it's just as familiar.
1: I thought like, yeah, I've heard that one in Out East, but um, I
0: kind of want a suns out
1: buns out T-shirt now. <laughs> you know, you should get it. it Should be the photo of that marquee. It's, it's not. No, it's
0: not gender specific. You know. Yeah. But this well, sign in, said what? Hey, ladies. ladies.
1: It didn't say hey, ladies. But yeah, and I was just like, oh my god, it's embarrassing. Like, what business? How people get. So easily outraged in H R M. Oh yeah, yeah. And um, what business? It got so many
0: likes. (laughs) It got like. Did you say it was an H and M?
1: No, it was Coast Gas. Coast Gas. No, it was in the H R M, Halifax Regional Municipality. Oh, oh,
0: you just think that I or our listeners are going to know what the hell that is? That acronym is. (laughs)
1: Uh, I just (laughs) said H R
0: M. Yeah, I just said it without thinking because I lived there so long. Speaking of acronyms, we noticed off of the top of the movie that it was an R K O. Well, you
1: would have said I went to the L C B O.
0: But I wouldn't say it on the on air. It would be oh, way you're, too. You're confusing. way smarter than yeah, that. Yeah, it would be way too confusing. <laughs> you wouldn't make that mistake, eh? The HRM, the Halifax Regional what municipality? Okay, yeah. Is that what it is? Yeah. Halifax. Um, I was gonna say RKO uh we noticed off the top that produced this <laughs> acronyms and uh and we we were kind of right like we started as the opening credits were there i said oh i think rko is pretty big and we looked and outside of this movie they had done like big citizen Some kane. hitchcock movies and citizen kane and it's a wonderful uh, life yeah I, they probably did radio and shit too they probably did like huge radio like war of the worlds and yeah stuff you too.
1: named off like three of the biggest films of that era yeah yeah so but um i don't think i was familiar
0: with rko before that no and it what my kind of larger point was going to be is that back to ida lapino it makes me think like it's pretty cool like how mainstream she was like yeah. to me it's again the twilight zone bonanza rko she, pictures she must have been literally the coolest girl Ugh, I, the time, I wonder what it was about time. her
1: i i you know well I, she was I mean, she was obviously really talented with a camera, but, but who but yeah,
0: who gave it to her? Well, what what, what was it about her? <laughs> her I, I really film? want to learn more about it because what was it about her that made her go, "Get the fuck out of my way. I'm directing," you know? Yeah. And at that point, you know. Yeah, good and point. It makes me think of actually my my uh grandmother on my dad's side who's gone now. I was very close with her, but she was this really strong, like, you know, went through the war and depression, had four boys, blah, blah, blah. She was a sheriff for a while in, like, the 50s. What? Yeah, yeah. She would, like, transport prisoners and be like, shut up or Jesus whatever she Christ. would do. And she was, like, a smoker and, like, just, like, a old-school... Tough woman, wow. you know, an old school tough woman who who brought up four yeah. boys and Just went through like the depression shaft, but a lady and <laughs> yeah. white. And I imagine I was thinking of my my grandmother uh, uh, Georgina Barnes while I was watching because I was thinking. Ida Lupino must have been, like, kind of... The original boss bitch Willing to be Hollywood? like, no, no, you know who's going to direct it? I'm going to fucking direct it. Yeah. At some point, she would have had to have done I that, wonder if she know? was,
1: like, um, <laughs> writing this... I think she was co-writing the script with uh, the dude. That, was there a guy? I think she was... I didn't see who wrote this. Because I thought it was a co-write type thing. But um, I wonder if it was a situation where it was like, um, like, all right, who's going to be able to direct this? And then it's like... I think I would do the best job, you know, or like nobody is right. going to be able to to uh, put this vision on screen as well as I could just do it myself.
0: Well, well, ha- I, I definitely am going to look myself. I, I'm curious as to how at that point. And again, as I think I already mentioned on the show, it briefly said on our Wikipedia something about like they literally use the phrase like one of the only, if not the only female director. But before I was saying it, I think it's cool that she was also mainstream. Like it wasn't like she had to be like John Cassavetes to even get it done. Like she was yeah. in the, in the, in the full loop. And obviously, yeah, there's probably some some women that I don't know about because I I don't know obviously. I'm trying to think of something that are more example. independent. You know, there's. But I assume there's there, there. Like I'd like to look not only up at more about Lupino, but look at like who else was even approaching or in terms of women, female directors at that time. Who else was sort of in that sphere? And there are probably um, some independent ones or something. A, you know, there's a very woman little that probably.
1: used to work for the um, the BBC, but like in the sound the BBC. The BBC, uh-huh. uh in the audio department that used to have like, um, oh, Delia Derbyshire. I'm glad I came up with her name. What, without, was, her, what uh, was her deal? But yeah, she she's like one of the first electronic musicians because she was like allowed. Well, she worked for the BBC, but she was granted access to all this machinery because of it and um what was, she was there, like, a moog synthesizer in there or she something? way predates moog wow yeah she's making bleeps and bloops in like the Amazing. 40s and 50s right up until and making music with it she's wow. legitimately making like indie music yeah yeah that's like
0: kind can kind of sound reminiscent of still some stuff that's going on and there. so you know i think that in effect what really all you know we could we could think of other examples and talk about that but then the reality is just that Socially, it was a very different time. Obviously, I don't need to say, but it's kind of like women started to find their way into things mid-20th century, but God damn it. It was like, socially speaking, you'd, you'd, uh, you'd need to what? Sorry, Vote. Well, I mean, I just mean even when they started, you know, this woman you just mentioned or Ida Lupino, like you probably had, it was probably had to be a little bit of the right place at the right time. Yeah, well, that's one of the things know, I was thinking too is like, like what that. was
1: the studio... Le- or like, what was RKO like, or whoever the um uh-huh. the studio was like? Yeah. What was that board like? Or I mean, if it was, you know, was a, uh, I don't know. It sucks that twenty nineteen has me thinking this way, but like, uh huh. Um it's like was there a a woman who green lighted the film? Was it a some like patriarch? Well, I
0: think we can't hypothesize too much. I think it's one of those things where there's probably people who know a ton about Ida Lupino, and there's probably books about her. Hopefully, and, you know, there's just a she's not a bunch like of some unknown, who, you know. Like, well
1: I'm just saying like I feel like we're raising the question like how is she able to be one of the Yeah, and, and look it's a good directions. question,
0: but the answers would, would you know It's the answers are out there. We we just don't know. Yeah, and they're <laughs> probably sad. <some> of them. <laughs> it's probably... <laughs> it's probably sad. Yeah, I mean, it's probably one of those
1: things where, like, her story is both, like, a shining light and depressing for the rest.
0: Perhaps. For everyone who it's not, you know? Perhaps, yeah. We don't know. I mean, it's but, difficult um, for anyone to go, I want to be a movie director. Well, the good news is... In any era, you know.
1: There's been, you know, hundreds of women directors since, so you don't have to be Ida Lupino.
0: There's been 100. <laughs> yeah,
1: I, I almost said thousands, and I was like, oh man, <laughs> better keep it there to 100. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, unless there's some like Amazonian woman like <laughs> film scene
0: that we don't know about. No, but you're right. There there are a lot, and uh, but but it's hard for anyone. But yeah, to you don't a have to movie be the director, tr- first you know. one through the door, or the trailblazer, because she did it. Per, per I think she yeah definitely was one of the one of them for sure so yeah no I you know I really enjoyed that movie I I've always you know loved a good noir film it's, it was just cool on a base level yeah. to see another good film noir yeah it was
1: just cool on a base level I was I thought yeah. you were gonna say it, which was just like yeah it was a cool it's film a cool movie like, uh, if that yeah, yeah and yeah. you were just like uh, shot there's well, lots and... of times where you were just I think doing what the audience now and then would have been doing was just like just hit him you know just like ugh, just turn around and you know right and you want it you really want the characters to um, put up some sort of fight and right you're and just like and but she you, was at the same time it's like uh, it's like paralleling your own your feelings 100% it the, creates the so much tension really well yeah
0: like we like like that scene where uh, they're out you know the, and the whole the whole setting of the desert is works so well and it's so isolating and uh but there's that scene where they're out in the, the goddamn desert there. And then they hear the car coming and the with the, down. Yeah. They, and, and so, you know, he brings him he, you know, he brings the two of them over to the edge of the cliff and they look over and the proximity that he's into them and they're lying down. And so I, she clearly meant to do that. It, it, it gives this vulnerability that the mm-hmm. guy's lying on the ground. Mm. And as an audience member, you just feel like, Oh, just elbow him or just yeah. do something. And, uh, you know, but, but, I get it though too. Like he displayed early on, I thought it was very clever that that the the villain displayed early on how good he was with a gun because you, you right, and he mentioned at the end, at the end yeah. to them clever too. Clever screenwriting wise, yeah, yeah, it was very clever because you thought kind of like, well, maybe it, it, you know, and
1: also he, he he got in Colin's head in that moment with the shooting and like of oh, the tin is, can is this off what of it's the like? rock. It's going to be like you know, yeah, yeah, like.
0: And and uh, then at the end, uh, the villain mentioned it toward the end when they were sitting on the the, by the water there. And he said, you know, you guys, uh, you guys fucked up. And he was wrong and eventually. But he basically said, one of you could have got away by now. Yeah. I could have probably taken one of you out. Yeah. But it would have given the other guy enough time to. Yeah. That was, you know,
1: that was actually brilliant.
0: It was what I liked it because that's, again, like what we were saying. That's kind of what we were thinking. And, you know, I love. That's like
1: their, but yeah, that's their redeeming quality. That's why it's about these two characters, right? Is because these guys would not leave each other alone. If one of the guys had left each other alone, that's, that would be a
0: different film, right? No, and I think it's, that is sort of a very subtle thing that she's exploring or that the the writers and her are exploring. It's from a I think it's, no, I can't remember if it's a novel or not. I I think I might be thinking maybe of one she of the adapted other movies I brought. Well, I think I'm like wrong. Kind of based on a true story, so. Oh right. Yeah. Based on a true story, but regardless um the yeah, fans, I, the I've, events are the facts are actual. That's and what then you're like factual. <laughs> I was like oh, I think that's where that, <laughs> no, word, probably came where that word came from. <laughs> yeah, but I think that it, I love I was going to say I love when movies and I think that's what what happens for a lot of audience members when a movie works is that it sort of is the screenwriting is so good or the direction is so good or uh, the combination of the two that it sort of plays out how you, you want it to, to a degree, not that it's predictable, but it's satisfying in the way that it plays out, you know? And like a, uh, an example for me would be last year with that horror movie, uh, Hereditary mm-hmm. directed by this guy, Ari Aster, who it was his first I heard feature. Heard a lot about. Yeah. It was his first feature and it's a really good horror movie. And, Some people didn't like the ending and even people that I know that are in film and blah, 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 they didn't like it. But I personally loved the ending. And the reason that I did is because not that it was predictable. Like most, uh, and I'm not saying I'm super smart or anything, but but I knew it was coming. I was Mm. like, oh, this thing has to happen to that character. And a lot lot of people uh, were like, that's kind of weird or whatever. But for me personally and for clearly for a lot of others who watched it it was so satisfying like mm. you were like it felt like i had kind of it was such a complicated movie it felt like i kind of solved this puzzle like that has to yeah. happen to this character well, and then in the last like, scene it happened it was so it was very satisfying if you uh, think as about the
1: um if you think about the flip side of that the person that does the um you know whole twist at the end uh, M. Night Shyamalan like he's been never heard of so critically panned as of late you know and uh, he's yeah. thought of as just sort mm-hmm. of like mm-hmm. he's definitely not um, a critical darling anymore
0: well to be and, honest um, he's, he's come back around a little bit he's come and, a um, tiny bit but he has, mean, when Sixth Sense came out it was like he, yeah. was, he yeah, was. he had a moment. Hundred million sure. dollar man. He had a moment there for sure, and that's why they keep giving him kept giving him chances because he, he made um, so much money for them.
1: He took so many left turns and went with so many twists yeah. and left so many unsatisfying endings. Mm-hmm. He made uh, he made. Um, is that is that so? Because I haven't seen any of his movies. I've only seen Six Sense. Yeah, it's the absolutely. Only one I've seen. And yeah. Um, if you're not, yeah, if you're looking for some sort of satisfying resolve. Yeah. He's the worst filmmaker. for Well,
0: you. I I don't I mean really even care way, that but, much because again I've only seen Six Sense and it was like twenty goddamn years ago. But I was gonna say a little bit contrary to what you're saying, his last two things ended up going over well and making a lot of money again. Well, he did the thing with James McAvoy where he had the split personalities, and uh, he he kid- yeah. And critically, he, how well did that do? It did well critically and commercially. So uh, he I'm did. Gonna, we're gonna have to
1: check it back in on that no on no factory. no i'm telling you
0: and then he and then the, he actually had one like his voice
1: performance i think no 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 like and some like some
0: clout but no 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 i'm i'm 100 right and, the, and there was a, there <laughs> was so one strange. there was one outside uh, of that too basically his last two he oddly kind of came back around and he's done pretty well but I'm not saying I'm a fan or anything. He just were Rotten Tomatoes that movie right now.
1: Um, but um, I, I'll, yeah, I'll Unbreakable up, for know. for instance is like a very unsatisfying movie. Famously, you know.
0: Well, these the other thing that he that he has going on, and I, I don't want to even talk about him to this extent because I don't care about his stuff. But some of the ones he did recently were the the sequels to Unbreakable, and they went they did pretty well too. Re, more recently, he did Glass recently. Right. Which is, uh, I'm looking, and it made a crazy amount of money. It it, it was hugely profitable. And in terms of critical reception, uh, it's got, well, yeah, the critical reception's a little poor. It did make a ton of money, though, and that's why he gets to keep making movies, yeah. you know. Uh, I just want to look. So since we're arguing about it. Not 100% right about everything all the time. Since we're, no, no, no. Uh, Split, I think, was the combination kind of both. kind of a bastard. See, okay, now here's what I'm talking about since just to put you in your place here. So Split came out a couple years before the James McAvoy one $9 million budget makes almost $300 million on nine. And combined with that critical reception. Almost 80% Rotten Tomatoes. So we're talking about. I'm just saying he came back to where he's going to get to make movies for the rest of his life. Yeah. Because he's making 300 million on 9 million and getting an 80% Rotten Tomatoes again. But uh, we don't need to argue about him. I've never even seen any of his movies. You know, I just kind of pay too much attention to What did that
1: Star Wars movie have on Rotten Tomatoes? Which one? (laughs) Didn't we remember? Didn't that make you have like lose all your faith in Rotten Tomatoes? I lost faith in all that stuff a long time ago. I I don't... I, you don't remember when the most yeah. recent Star Wars came out, The Last Jedi, and it was yeah. like... It, it was Got, like, had good reviews. All yeah. positive reviews. Because that's we a like, really, that was the worst film we'd seen in a long movie, time. Yeah, And yeah. I've
0: noticed that a lot over the years. I'm, I'm a little bit confused about it, personally, to be honest, because Rotten Tomatoes is like... Oh, one thing you have to be very careful of with Rotten Tomatoes is that I feel safe on the show saying, okay, Split got 80% on Rotten Tomatoes because I know enough to know that Split has goddamn literally 300 reviews that they're aggregating that score from. But what you need to be careful of with Rotten Tomatoes, and a lot of people don't think about this, is there can be a movie that has seven reviews yeah, and four of them are good and the other two or okay and it has a 57 percent on there but it's not reflective in, of anything right because they're only taking a
1: big enough data set. there's
0: not exactly so it's kind of a complicated thing and uh i i you i will always look deeper than rotten Man, tomatoes I've it's he- it is just a goddamn aggregator website for for the love of god you i've know? heard about these focus groups
1: for films where they they go um all right what did everybody like about the film and you're watching like a sandler movie and they're like I like when the guy was loud and they're like, oh, great. I like this joke about it." And it's like all the best parts of the movie. And it's like, <laughs> all right. And what did everybody not like about the film? And it's like, well, I didn't like that. The guy was fat. And you're just like the comedian. Like, what the fuck? You know, like, <laughs> do we have to do this part? You know, what about just liking the film? But-
0: oh, OK. So just to be clear, you're saying if when they show a, fo- a movie to a focus group, you're saying the things the focus group doesn't like about the movie
1: end up affecting the movie but I mean like they they almost have to give negative or in a focus group they have to give negative Uh, answers as well right so
0: well on that (laughs) it would just
1: be like the godfather and it would be like you know oh yeah what is like Italians they didn't speak English the whole time you know and it's just like yeah
0: you know that brings up another point that I wanted to make about The Hitchhiker. Like, what to, is to, an to,
1: offer he can't
0: refuse? What does that mean? <laughs> I wish they
1: could be less vague. To <laughs> to
0: to make a, to bring this back to The Hitchhiker, you just reminded me of something else that I really liked about that movie, which was there were a lot of scenes where they had um, Mexican people speaking Spanish. Yeah. Which was so cool. Like, it just yeah. seemed like in that era... It, it was kind of part of the plot it as well. It was kind of part of it. And... I don't know if the version we watched just didn't happen. Like, I'm what I was wondering, because there wasn't subtitles, but they didn't need them. Oh, it, it was obvious. Like, for example, the scene where the one guy, the one Mexican guy looks at the wanted poster. Yeah. You don't really need to know what he's saying when he goes yeah, over to the other absolutely. guy. But they didn't have subtitles. But it just made me think, I wonder, clearly this movie, I think I even saw on the Wikipedia, it had been restored since then. Yeah, what shown were you saying in about some the before? Well, that doesn't really matter. I think we were watching a version that had a bit of Pan and Scan in it as well. Pan and Scan, yeah. yeah which is, you know, a lot of people listening will know what that is. But I, I, was, I almost wonder if there's a restored version of The Hitchhiker that has... Um, they kind of cleaned up the the picture and the sound, yeah. but they might have subtitles too. But regardless, if they do or they don't, I really the direction and everything I was good. And really so- liked how there was the the, the Spanish scenes. Yeah. It was like really uh, added to the authenticity. And much like another movie we watched, the only thing that seemed a little bit dated w- to me, uh, technically speaking, was a couple scenes with the rear projection right and the in rear the projection was fine with this one right i just always notice rear projection you know and i, uh, I just think it was kind of cool whenever it was in the 60s or when it kind of ended this probably one was late so much better for something. that
1: wasn't it like than, in what
0: sense Than uh, some of the other
1: films we've watched where they're like the background is just completely artificial looking like yeah it was in this it, though too
0: when they're driving mm, down the strip there and... Uh, some of the time, but it didn't it didn't completely take me out of the film. No, it didn't take me out of the film, but I did notice it. And I was saying it's very technically sound guess, beyond, you know, the couple of dated elements. Yeah. Know?
1: I guess how much it was... Um, how much she did long shots mm-hmm. and how much, um, like, outdoors in general shots they were, especially towards the latter end. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, they're in the fir- car in the first half and then not as much in the second half, but... Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, that kind of adds to the feeling that, um, like,
0: of not being taken out of it
1: by things like, you know, rear projection, I think.
0: But. I will say that I'm going to, the film, the movie is Public Domain. I saw that while yeah. we were watching. It. That's why it was on YouTube. But I am going to, I'm going to skim, at least skim through in the next couple of days. And this is very nerdy. but I'm going to go download or find, I, since it's Public Domain, I'm going to go download whatever the, Highest goddamn craziest Res. version of it is, and just kind of, just kind of flip through and just see if that pan and scan thing's not there. See if it's maybe a little—I don't know—maybe the picture's a bit wider. All right, and just see if they cleaned some of that stuff up and added subtitles. I'm curious to see, but we just watch it on YouTube, and I don't. Yeah, we, you're allowed. Uh, yeah, completely. you're allowed. So um, the
1: one last thing I wanted to
0: say, uh, I
1: thought was really cool that I don't think another movie could really steal. Um, Because I'm thinking, like, uh, whenever there's something cool, I'm like, oh, there, somebody's gonna steal that and put that in their movie. But um, there was a couple things I would like to steal. There was, (laughs) but um, the villain Emmett, when he had the uh, the eye that was paralyzed and he was sleeping with one eye open, with one eye open, and he had the gun and thing is like, because because of that character and that specific actor, you could do that in the narrative, right? Yeah. Up, uh. yeah, it's really hard not to think of Metallica when you say it.
0: Well, I, I told you the oddest part was that coincidentally this morning I was listening to Tim Heidegger's podcast and Vic Berger said, he, he was reading his kids' nature book, and dolphins apparently sleep, sleep with, with one well eye open. open. Yeah. And I heard that this morning, which was weird. And then today we're watching this thing. Um, yeah, There was one other thing I was going to say. Um, technically, oh, I just, I just lost it. It, 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 it. We were talking about, um, we kind of got more into the technical side of it. Um uh, b- 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 the sleep with one eye open. Ah, I can't really remember. I'm sure it's not that important. Um But you were going to talk you were talking about how you were going to go back and watch it. Yeah, I'm just
1: curious to see that. I, I bet you Like if there's the pan and scan or whatever.
0: Yeah, yeah, I bet you there's there's a sort of a cleaned up version that doesn't. Have oh, there's definitely that is, you know <laughs> if TIFF was showing it, it wouldn't probably look yeah, like we just saw. No, and, I, and it, it was shown oh, at it of, was shown in some some festivals. I in might the as last well say this on fifteen mic. years. Yeah. Um, Friday, what are you doing? I'm gonna be in Vancouver. Oh, crap. I leave on Wednesday for Vancouver for. for um, a bit. they're yeah. showing a Godard film. But, okay um, all right we,
1: m- maybe at some point we should we should uh dip into his catalog because he's such he's such a name well
0: he certainly has enough movies that we could one yeah. of them would and we don't know. have to do he's got lots and he's he's still alive still, yeah he's still directing i think he's movies. still making movies yeah, yeah. which is yeah. very strange um, yeah, he's like
1: one of those guys who didn't have to die when he was like 27 to get that
0: sort of <laughs> level of you know clout yeah 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 and then um uh god uh, the only thing uh, other thing i was going to say is um definitely the tensest moment of today was our m night Shyamalan uh discussion wow that was a that was a tense argument <laughs> uh, i don't know when you're just like i'm a hundred percent
1: right i'm like this is typical this is typical of the friendship with jimmy i'm
0: just like he's just like i'm a hundred percent right Well, see i was basing it off of like knowledge that i had
1: <laughs> yeah just 100 percent sure and you're like well i haven't here's seen... the thing that says the opposite engraved in stone yeah like well i since, guess i was wrong about that one thing i have a smartphone like, here you bastard
0: <laughs> um yeah I, I it was funny because i think last episode was we had a bunch of con we kept bringing up controversial topics oh did we <laughs> yeah, i don't know what they were all right
1: well just to end this episode abortion
0: oh boy okay all right no how controversial (laughs) actually it kind of is right now yeah it always is i don't think that law is gonna pass no don't talk about it i I just said it just to be a cunt (laughs) you're right this isn't a political show yeah no i just
1: don't i just said that to be a cunt
0: (laughs) tweet us about uh, alabama (laughs) tweet us about um let's get into the abortion yeah (laughs) let's get into the abortion debate debate on twitter pay pay us because we talked about abortion (laughs) patreon oh dear um, well no, thanks Instagram, for listening everybody
1: yeah thanks for listening um, safe travels to Vancouver I guess we'll, we're will we taking a week off from recording we, probably. Have, to, we have to take <laughs> at least a week off alright we'll yeah. come up with something for the Patreon people yes. in, that, in
0: that time and by this time it'll be up and launched I unfortunately I think we mentioned it earlier some people have probably looked at this this desert like Patreon it's not um, even set up right now But what, yeah. what
1: can you do <laughs> it's like the desert in the film The Hitchhiker okay <laughs> I tried No What were but, you, you uh, going to say I was going to Oh fuck I can't even remember Well I blew it with a big bad joke Yeah Big okay. bad
0: joke Well Until next time Goodbye Thank you for listening That's Seeking cinema. <laughs>